This is the Blood Red podcast from the Liverpool Echo, giving you the inside track on all the big talking points from Anfield. Liverpool bowed out of the Champions League midweek and now their focus must quickly switch to getting back into the competition next season. Welcome to the latest Blood Red podcast from the Liverpool Echo. I'm Matt Addison and we'll get into both of those topics very shortly with Paul Gorst, Joe Rimmer and David Lynch alongside me. Before, of course, we preview Monday night's clash with Leeds United. Pick our teams and our score for that at the end of the show. But we'll go in chronological order first, though, and we'll begin with the midweek Champions League exit Gorsty at the hands of Real Madrid. The disappointment for me, really, was that Liverpool played rather quite well. They got themselves into positions, but they just could not score a goal. Yeah, familiar theme at Anfield, isn't it? Liverpool not winning and, and not really, well, not scoring. But uh, this was probably the best they played, certainly in 2021, possibly all season, given the standard of the opposition, but just couldn't um, couldn't get the all important first breakthrough. Could be that would hopefully have led to the to the second one. And um, big chances, wasn't it? Mohamed Salah early on. I think maybe that chance is, is might sound a bit silly, but I thought it possibly came a bit too early. You know, I think there was only two minutes on the clock when he had that massive chance and Courtois saves with his foot. The, the big one was Ryan Allen, wasn't it? Just before half time and. Um, He's about eight yards out and somehow just blazes it into the Anfield Road end. And, and I think, I thought Liverpool absolutely flew out of the traps, really. And, and um, if you were watching from home, I mean, you wouldn't really have known that it was a game without fans there because um, Liverpool really did come out and, and they were ready for a fight. But with without supporters in there to just kind of push them on when the energy levels dipped and dropped a little bit, um, it was noticeable, I think, for the last 15, 20 minutes. Um, the Liverpool kind of ran out of steam and, and looked a bit short of ideas and were happy to just kind of pass it around in front of Real Madrid and no one was willing to run in behind and have a real go. So um, I thought they, they started well. Um, as I say, probably the best they played for a, a good while at home, but, but faded in the last half hour, 20 minutes or so. And it's a shame, really, because I think um, had there been fans in there, I think given the way Liverpool started, I thought Real Madrid would have wilted. Because um, they absolutely flew out of the traps and, and could have had two, two or three. Milner was unlucky, wasn't he? It was a great save, but I think those big chances from Salad and Wijnaldum in the first half are the, the ones that Liverpool look back on and, and ruin a little bit. But um, as as Klopp said after the game, Liverpool lost that quarter final tie in Madrid rather than at Anfield because um, they were nowhere near the best last week. Ghosty mentions the fans there, Joe. I mean, they were obviously a huge miss. We've said that at times for lots of big games this season. Is it too uh, too easy to, to say that if fans were there, Liverpool would have got the job done? Or, or do you think that, that maybe that would have been the case? We'll never know, will we, I suppose. But, you know, I, I, I'm with Ghosty. I, I, I think... I think it would have made a difference. I think, can you imagine the roar after, you know, Salah had that chance in the, in the opening minutes? Um, you know, even if he hadn't scored it. Um, if you think back to, to when they won 4-0 against Real Madrid, Torres did a little turn, if you remember, did a little back heel and turned one of the lads and had a shot which was saved by Casillas. It was almost the same, same timing, really. It was very, very early on and Casillas made a really good save. So that was a huge chance and I always remember the night that night the roar of the crowd, it just gave Liverpool even more impetus to go on and, and create more big chances. And before they knew it, you know, Real Madrid were blown away. Look, I'm not saying that that definitely would have happened because we don't know. Um, Liverpool may have 
continue to miss chances, but you know, we all know that the, the fans have been Liverpool's sort of trump card in the Champions League. And you know, whenever they've come up against an opponent, I don't think anyone can be prepared for the impact that they have on a game and how loud Anfield can be. You know, I, I, I truly think there's very few stadiums in world football that can recreate the atmosphere of Anfield. And I suppose we will, all would say that, but we've all experienced it. We all know what it's about. And it, it, it can be crazy. So I think it would have been it would have been fantastic if fans were there. It could have been a different story, but it's hard to say. And again, I think Klopp's right. You know, the game's lost in the first 45 minutes in, in Madrid. I mean, you know, I still think Klopp should take a large amount of responsibility for that. Um, I think he got his team selection wrong and Liverpool just didn't do it in the first half of Madrid. And it's a real shame because, again, you look at the, the, the final four in the competition and um, Man City PSG will be the overwhelming favourites. But, you know, I think Liverpool would have fancied their chances of getting to the, um, to the final and anything can happen in a one-off final. So it's a real shame. Um, but, you know... Hopefully, fans are back next season and Liverpool get their great equaliser back because I'm sure it'll be a different story if that's the case. We're going to go on and, and talk about the, the top four race, Lynchy, very shortly. But I suppose just in terms of the Real Madrid performance, even though Liverpool have gone out, they surely have to, to take some hope from the fact that, as Gorsty says, they, they did play, generally speaking, quite a lot better than what we've seen them at Anfield of late. Yeah, and it's important because it's two decent Anfield performances on the bounce as well, isn't it? Which we haven't seen for a long, long time. So, you know, the, the, I thought against Aston Miller, even though they won it only late on, they, they played really well in that game. And, um, you know, it would have been unfortunate if they'd have come out of it. You know, the narrative would have completely changed around the game if they'd have come out with a, with just a point from that one. So, um, yeah, it, it, it's good to get that going. Hopefully, it can sort of inspire a little run of form at Anfield because they're certainly going to need it. They've been so poor there recently and, and if they are going to get top four I don't think they needed to put an incredible run together given what's around them in terms of the teams that the teams are up against aren't fantastic but they do need to be decent and I think if you can just guarantee that they will win the rest of the home games for example that that would be a big boom wouldn't it in terms of going forward to uh, to securing top four so yeah two two good performances on the balance and like like you both said, really, it, it would have been nice to see, wouldn't it? What what would have happened if that that first goal would have gone in, and they would have probably got the reward, I think, then for the good performance against Real Madrid, but wasn't to be. And you just hope that they can take the positives out of that, regardless of the fact the result went against them, and and, and use that for the remainder of the season. There were a few sort of grumbles among some fans when the team sheet landed. Gorsty, no Diogo Jota from the start. James Milner was in midfield. But as much as Klopp maybe got it wrong in the first leg, did the performance maybe suggest that he got it right in the second leg? Yeah, I can't have too many complaints with the team, to be honest. I thought Milner was one of Liverpool's best players and they thought they sorely lacked his leadership and, and his know-how in the first leg when, when, when he looked lost at times, didn't he? I mean, the decision to start in Abicata... Klopp himself admitted it was a mistake and the fact that he brought him off two minutes before half-time when he wasn't injured was a neon sign that pointed to the fact that he knew he got it wrong. So um, I thought Milner was excellent. Um, he's obviously not um, not going to give you the same qualities as a Thiago or a, or a Keita, but uh, by the same token, those two probably couldn't do what Milner can do. And, and it, was, it was two minutes on the clock, wasn't it? And he thundered into a tackle and into Benzema and set the tone, I thought, um, you know, nearly scored one of the great European goals in Anfield, didn't he? With that curled effort from about 20, 25 yards. Great save from Courtois. And yeah, and I thought um, he, he wore the armband um, with distinction on, on Wednesday night because um, Liverpool, 
without Henderson, without Van Dijk, have looked a little bit um, rudderless at times, I think. You know, um, they, they just haven't had a leader on the pitch when uh, Milner isn't there. And we know why Alan takes the armband as the kind of four-choice captain, but he's a bit of a different captain, isn't he? He sort of just, just plays his normal game and people will look to kind of follow him, follow his lead by example. But um, yeah, I thought Milner was a, almost a bit of an inspired choice, really. Um, uh, it's just a shame, as we said, that um, one of those big chances just, just couldn't have went in and, and really made it difficult for Madrid for, um, for you know, 60, 70 minutes or whatever it might have been. I think, Joe, when Thiago was signed last summer, this was probably the type of game that you'd expect that he could take Liverpool to the next level and, and really help their midfield. What do you think it says about his season that he was left out in this one and James Milner and others were, were preferred in front of him? Well, first of all, like, like Gorsi, I think I think Klopp got the team selection right on, on, on Wednesday night. Where I think he got it wrong was in Madrid. And... I either think you you play Tiago. You know, personally, I think he should have played Tiago in in Madrid. You know, away away from home. You know, really really experienced Champions League club. The type of games that Tiago has, has played played in played ever so well in last year. You know, during that during Bayern Munich's run, he was you know virtually man of the match in almost every game. And um, to me, that was that was the type of game you play him in for some control. I think if Klopp had wanted to to be a bit more risky in Madrid, then. He should have played Milner and not Naby Keita. Um, um, but, yeah, I mean, we've, we've discussed that. He got that wrong. In terms of Thiago, um, this is based on nothing, but just a hunch that I, I've suddenly decided that I have. But I've got a feeling he might sell Thiago in the summer. And, and just... I, I don't think that, that is based... That is, that's just purely my thinking. But I think not picking him in any of the, the last three games was just a bit of a, a sign that... Klopp doesn't think that things are working and, and wants to try and revert to type a little bit to get Liverpool playing again and and try think and try a few different things with Cater. So look, I mean, I, I'm probably way off with that, but I don't know. There just sort of seems to be something not quite right. Um, you know, there's been moments where Thiago's looked absolutely brilliant. You know, when he first came in um, against Chelsea, he was very very good in the in the first half before before he was injured. Um, I just thought he was. Outstanding, looked like he was going to take Liverpool to new levels. When he came back against Newcastle again that night, I mean, you know, just looked like again he was going to take Liverpool to new levels. And then he's just gone a little bit stale. And um, I haven't really wanted to say this about him, but you know, sometimes you can get good players and they just, for one reason or other, don't fit in. And you know, I always remember Veron at United, and yeah, I still think he was a very, very good player for just one reason or another. It just didn't work out for him at United. And I said, it could go that way for Thiago. I just think it's strange that he didn't pick him any any of these games, and I have a slight fear now that perhaps it's Klopp signposting what he might do with Thiago. Um, you know, he's a he's a thirty year old, isn't he now, Thiago? So he's not someone that is is young and is going to learn new things, if you like. So we'll see. Um, I could be very very wrong, and um, I'm sure people will will quickly tell me if I am. But I just feel like something isn't quite right. The Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. What do you make of that, Lynchy? Is it too soon to, to judge Thiago, given you know the, the injuries and, and the situation at Liverpool this season? Could it be the case that it's a, a different Liverpool and a different Thiago next season, perhaps? Yeah, I don't. I don't think we should get away from the fact that that he has you know 
I don't. Yeah, no, he's he's been disappointing. Um, you know, we we've seen odd flashes of his brilliance, haven't we, this season? But but let's be honest, I think we all sort of expected a lot more. I know the you know injuries and COVID and the disruption that has caused to his season. But I think we did we did all think by now that it would maybe be a major part of that midfield, and that that just hasn't happened. Um, I think what has happened with with Jurgen Klopp at the moment, I think he's made a decision that until the end of the season, as Joe puts it. It reverts to type. He wants to put this team back into playing a very familiar style of football. That you know, high, the, the, for example, that James Milner sort of typified really that high pressure, not a great deal of quality in midfield in terms of passing the ball. But you know, I'm, I'm talking high, high level quality, but just keeps things solid in there and allows the fullbacks to create. I think he wants to go back to that sort of familiar pattern to make things easy for the players during this running and just try and get them over the line in the top four chases as, as well as he can. Um, I think that's the idea. That obviously is bad news for Thiago because I think he's going to feature a little bit less as we as we reach the end of the season. But I think in terms of giving up on him, I, I don't think we're, we're anywhere near that yet. Personally, I think I think for Thiago, you know, Klopp has spoken about him for so long, hasn't he? In terms of he's one of his favourite players, he wanted to work with him for so long. I think going into next season, full pre-season behind him, and, and sort of get you know more and more embedded in the team and I think there might be a slight tweak in how Liverpool approach games going into next season when you've got the time to do that I think then you know you'll, you'll see a lot more of him and I think if if Klopp's in a position where he's thinking about offloading any midfielders and I think Naby Keita is, is much nearer the top of that list I think you know Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain's possibly in trouble as well if a decent offer comes in so it's it's been frustrating and, and, and sort of disappointing at times from Thiago but I think we can expect a little bit more and I, I, I do think that the club will hope to see the best of him next season. I, I think if there are changes in the, that midfield, I, I don't think that he would be one of the ones who, who maybe moves on. Well, one thing I would say on Thiago before we move on, Matt, is when when he when he came to the field in the summer, he was looking at it, he was thinking, yeah, I'm going to be coming to the, the Premier League champions, I'm going to be playing in front of Virgil van Dijk and Joe Gomez, I'm going to have Fabinho and Henderson and Wijnaldum next to me, and, and it just hasn't, hasn't happened. You know, just a, a fact. I think he's the closest he's played to playing in what you would argue is Liverpool's strongest eleven was the Merseyside derby, and Allison wasn't in goal that day, and Virgil Van Dijk went off after ten minutes. So, at no point this season has he played in the the Liverpool team that, that most people know it as. So, I think it's it's probably a bit too early to, to judge him in, in that respect. So, I think certainly he hasn't been you know the um, well beaten superstar that um, his pedigree suggested that he, he could be when he when he joined. There's a case to be made for him being actually Liverpool's um, certainly the Premier League and, you know, the most high-profile sign and, you know, for the last 25 years given that he's only ever played for Barcelona and Bayern Munich and, and he's one of the most decorated players of the last 10 years so um, he hasn't lived up to that but I would uh, certainly be giving him a, a go in a, in a full-strength Liverpool team before the start uh, making definitive judgments either way on, on that front. Can I, can I just just add in yeah, before I... I wasn't saying that I personally think that he should go or anything. I just think... I don't know, I just got this hunch. Uh, you know, when, when Dave was talking about the midfield there, you know, it made me think twice about my hunch because I think it probably there probably will be some players to part in there. Um, but yeah, I just feel like something isn't quite right. And then, you know, I, I, the way I saw it when Thiago came in, I thought, well, with Wijnaldum not signing a new contract and, and still not signing a new contract. The obvious position for him looked like Wijnaldum's, didn't it? You know, you would have had Henderson, you would have had Fabinho. And then obviously injuries have, have disrupted that, but Wijnaldum still endures 
and and Thiago seemingly doesn't. So it just makes me wonder why is it the Klopp wouldn't look to Thiago now? And maybe it's just a case of trying to be pragmatic and get through and get through to the further in the Champions League and try and get into the top four. But you know, it does does make me wonder why why you wouldn't then use Thiago when it looks like Van Alden doesn't have a long term future at the club. Yeah, certainly something to, to think about moving forward into the summer. Just before we move on from Real Madrid, I'll come back to you, Ghosty, on this one. In terms of Sadio Mane's performance, I thought he was slightly better against Real Madrid, certainly, than he has been at times, but he's still nowhere near the Sadio Mane of old, is he? No, he started really well, didn't he, up against Fede Valverde, who's their choice right-back. Um, not even a right-back, he's a midfielder, and, and that really showed, I mean... With no Carvajal and no um, Vazquez, Valverde was, was shunted out there. And um, Mane gave him a, a solid half-hour first half. And he looked a lot brighter than he put that, that ball in for Salad early on. And, and then the one across the face of the goal a few minutes later. Um, he looked a lot a lot better in the first half. But like pretty much the rest of the team, he, he faded, didn't he? And he just looks to be a player just going through a, a, a huge confidence uh, crisis at the moment. There was a... The, the big one for me was probably the chance at Arsenal early on when um, he goes through, cut, cuts inside and Firmino's peeled away and taking the, the marker with him. And he starts to play Firmino in rather than, you know, opening his body up and getting the shot off, which we've seen him do countless times at Liverpool. And I think Firmino was a bit surprised by the pass and, and he's another player out of form, isn't he? And I think he just hit him on the heel and, and the chance went. And I think he might just be overthinking things a little bit too much and, and his confidence isn't anywhere near as high as it has been. And, um, he's still a quality player, of course, but um, it'd be nice to, to see him get back to some sort of normality between now and the end of the season. Because um, let's face it, if, if he if he can, then Liverpool's chances of getting in that top four increase. Yeah, absolutely. Liverpool out of the Champions League, but still very much in the race for the top four, Joe. And we'll move on to that now. What do you make of, of the current standings? Would you say Liverpool are, are favourites to get in there or how do you sort of see it shaping up? Well, certainly not favourites because they are behind the pack, aren't they? But I don't know, you know, it, it does change it quite quickly. This league season's been one of those seasons that you win a couple of games and suddenly um, you can change your mind. I think, was it back after the, the Leicester game and after the Chelsea game? I thought it looked like the chance had gone, but, you know, suddenly Leicester have lost all form and, and Liverpool have put themselves back in there. And, you know, I think we, we were asked recently to predict our top four and, I was looking at it and looked at the games and I fancy Liverpool to get quite close. Um, whether they'll actually do it, I, I, I can't say. I'm not, I'm not 100% sure, but I feel like Leicester are going to slide away. Chelsea, I think, will stay there and Leicester will slide like they did last season. And it's whether they slide enough and Liverpool put enough wins together to, to take their place. But I certainly wouldn't bet against them. You know, they, they're, you know, of any team, they look like they have the know-how. They look like they've recovered a bit of confidence certainly in the way that they're playing. And, um, you know, I think the Aston Villa win was huge in terms of confidence and in terms of belief. And uh, this Leeds game will be very interesting because Leeds won't be afraid to come and go, have a go at Liverpool. They'll, they'll throw everything at them and there'll be chances to work for, for, for Liverpool. And if Liverpool take some and they win the game, I think they'll take huge confidence. I think Leeds away and United away is the two probably on paper toughest games they've got left. So... You know, I think this one's going to be a really, really tricky one. But you know, it's it's, it's one of the ones where you can take great confidence. So, 
Uh, I'm not too sure what their rivals are doing this weekend. Um, but I suppose with Liverpool playing last, the pressure could be massively on either way, couldn't it, to stay in touch or to, to, to take a big step. So we'll see what happens. But I'm feeling more confident than I did, certainly a few weeks ago. Yeah, in terms of the fixtures this weekend, Everton play Tottenham tonight. Both of those in top four contention, I'd say. And both Chelsea and Leicester are in FA Cup action. So neither of those two playing this weekend. So Liverpool could, I think, be up as high as third, depending on how West Ham, West Ham go to Newcastle, I think, on Saturday. So I suppose, David, that sort of poses the question of even though if Liverpool were to win on Monday night, they'd have played again, more than a couple of their rivals. They could be up there. They could have, you know, I think a point less than Leicester at full time if Liverpool do win. Is it a case of, obviously, Liverpool have to, to get the points on the board? Was it, is it almost just as important for them to just let Leicester know that they are there and they're breathing down their necks and, and just to put the pressure on those teams? Yeah, without a doubt. I think, you know, Leicester we saw last season fell away badly, didn't he? And I, I think their heads will be chocker with the thought of, of the same thing happening again this season because, you know, the, the pressure's on now, the, the form sort of fell away and, you know, Jamie Vardy's not really been amongst the goals re- recently and, and, you know, you've had other issues in terms of the COVID breaches and what effect that has on team morale and all that. It's so, I think if, you know, Liverpool, it's like we say, isn't it, and I, Jürgen Klopp will say this as well, is, is literally just try and win your games and, and if Liverpool can win two or three on the bounce from here, they really will be up there. You know, there's there's absolutely no doubt they'll be in the race. They don't have to do, like I said earlier, anything fantastic to finish in this top four. I think they just need to win a, a decent amount of games in this run. And you, then you look at the running that the other teams have got, and not just Leicester, West Ham, Chelsea, um, Tottenham, Everton. They've all got sort of difficult games in this running. Um, some of them got really nightmarish run-ins, in fact. And, and Liverpool's, I think, the only team they play who are above 10th is, is Manchester United away. So they could even afford... Liverpool, no doubt, could afford to lose that game away to Manchester United, which I, I think they possibly will, given their Old Trafford record and, and United have been decent this season. Um, they could afford to lose that and, and still finish in the top four because the rest of the fixtures are quite kind. I think you know, going into Monday, that will be a big one, just as you say, in terms of making the other teams know that they're there and that they're in the race for, for finishing in the top four. But it's, it's also a game they should be looking at with a bit of excitement because Leeds are a little bit... You know they can be open, can't they? You can, you know, they can play into Liverpool's hands a little bit. So it's a, it's a real chance to sort of make a statement and say, okay, the Real Madrid performance was good. The result didn't go go our way. We're still confident and good enough to to get in the top four and to chase down these teams. And and the gap is not big at all. There's not a lot of work to do. So uh, just get those first three points on board against Leeds, and you'll be right in there. Matt, just, yeah. just looking at the fixtures, then I mean, how important it is for Liverpool to stay in touch in the next. Two or three, like like Dave's just said, if they, if they can win the next two, Leicester play their final three games of the season: United away, Chelsea away, Tottenham at home. So, but before that, they've got Palace at home, Southampton at home. Sorry, no, Southampton's uh, West Brom at home, Palace at home, Southampton away, Chelsea play, West Ham away, Brighton at home, Fulham at home, and then their final three games or four games, I should say. City away, Arsenal at home, Leicester at home, and then they play Villa. So, you know, for, for Chelsea and Leicester, the two teams above them, that, and West Ham are above them as well, but the two favourites are supposed to get in those positions. You know, they have a nightmare run, don't they, like Dave's just said, that before the end of the season. So if Liverpool can win a few games and just keep the pressure on them, then one of those two teams could really slip away. So 
makes you more optimistic from a Liverpool point of view, doesn't it? With Chelsea as well, that Champions League uh, progressing to semi-finals, unless you go and win the competition, that will just end up being a nuisance for them in terms of getting the top four. They've also got FA Cup to to worry about playing against Man City, so stuff like that could you know really play into Liverpool's hands hopefully. And if that we you know I think Chelsea probably the strongest team in that entire mix, aren't they, other than Liverpool? And if one you know if they're going to really suffer with the amount of games they've got and the, the difficulty of the games they've got, then that that really bodes well for Liverpool just slipping into one of those spots, whether it's third or fourth. The Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. Yeah, I think Leeds Gorsley, the, the second hardest game for Liverpool in their seven. They definitely have the easiest run in it. Is it a, is it a must-win game then for Liverpool in terms of, of putting the pressure on? Or do you think, just given the fixtures and, and given the other team's fixtures, that you know a draw wouldn't necessarily be the worst result in the world? To be honest, I don't think Liverpool are really in a position to be saying that the games aren't must-wins. I think they've only got seven games left. They've got to try and win as many as they can. Um, obviously, the, the big one is Old Trafford. Liverpool historically haven't been great there. They seem to freeze whenever they, they turn up at Old Trafford, even though they've been the better team for the last three, even four years or so. Um, so that that was a difficult one. That was one where, where I'd take a draw off you now, off you now if you're off with me. But... The rest that Liverpool have got to go and win it because they've got to they've got to make these points up, haven't they? Somehow, and yes, it's going to be a tough one. And, and Klopp's made reference twice, in fact, to the the fact that Leeds are top of the physical stats, as he says. You know, all the probably the hardest running team in the, in the division and historically um, tend to fall away, given how hard that Marcelo Bielsa works works them, and um, that might be something that comes into play on Monday night. But I think. Um, They'll be absolutely fine, won't they? Haven't just beaten Manchester City and Liverpool. You know, there's a little bit of needle between the, the, the two clubs, two sets of fan bases. Certainly on Leeds' side, I'd suggest, and it's going to be um, it's going to be a tough one, I think. Uh, Liverpool's away record has been good. To be fair, I think that's one thing that they, they can point to. Um, I think it's gone under the radar because of how bad they've been at Anfield, but generally away from home. Since the turn of the year, they've been very good and, and they're going to have to be again on Monday nights because, uh, as we've said, it's not in their hands, is it? So they've just got to go and win. And, and I do think Leicester, with, with that running they've got, um, I do think there is a potential for, that, for them to slip away. And I keep saying to myself, well, it's only West Ham. I keep expecting them to kind of slip away. And maybe they will as well because they can't can't keep scoring three goals every game. They've scored nine in the last three games, haven't they? And they've only won, well, they've won two of them and, and Arsenal obviously clawed it back. So... Um, I'm hoping they're going to slip away as well, but it's um, Liverpool have just got to just got to win their games. What do you expect from from Leeds on Monday, Joe? Is it a case of you know Leeds maybe have, have beaten Manchester City? They've not got a huge amount to play for. It, it could be a, a really open game, I think, between these two teams. Definitely, it's funny with Leeds because I, I think they're not the sort of team who I'd look at the last game and, and necessarily think it's an indicator of how they're going to play. In the next one, they're very up and down at times. And, you know, you look at that and they went down to 10 men, still seem to stay and, and win the game. And and that's they're just so unpredictable, aren't they? You know, you don't you don't really know what you're going to get from them. They, they can come out and score a few goals. They can struggle. Um, it'll be really interesting. But as we've all said, they will leave gaps for Liverpool. Um, you know, it could be a good game for their forwards. Um, they, they'll give up chances and, you know, We've just obviously Salah's Salah's been in form all season, scored a lot of goals. But for Firmino and, and Mane, um, those are the two players that have struggled on and off this season. So 
it could be a good game for those two. Um, you know, they, they, one of them needs to be at it if they play. Um, and it could be a good game to try and get them a bit more confidence because they'll get chances and they'll get space to run into. So, um, you know, as we saw earlier in the season on the opening day, Leeds are very, very dangerous. So, Liverpool can't take anything for granted. Um, it's, it's just going to be a good game. I, you know, it's, it's very, very hard to predict, isn't it? Because of the nature of the way Leeds play. But it's going to be a really good game to watch. And I think both teams will really go for it. So, really looking forward to it, actually. And, and I don't know what Gorsi was getting at with the needle between the two clubs. Because, I, I, I mean, Leeds have got a bit of needle with everyone, haven't they? It's just the, 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 their set fans. But, but they, you know, I always thought Leeds are a really good traditional English club. I'm really pleased that they're in the Premier League and, you know, I quite like that. I like the manager. I like the style. I like a lot about Leeds. So just really, really looking forward to the game. Yeah, I think it, in terms of, of the way it pans out, David, it, it could almost go one of two ways. I think they will you know, leave gaps for Liverpool to exploit. But do you think there's any sort of worry for Liverpool at the back in terms of Leeds putting them under pressure, flooding the box? This is going to be a real test, I think, for this Liverpool defence. Yeah, very much so. I think I think one of the biggest issues that, that Nat Phillips and Ozan Kabak have sort of struggled with is, is not necessarily if there's that aerial bombardment against lesser teams. I think it's the fact that Leeds are going to want to play in behind them constantly. We know Phillips isn't the paciest. I think Kabak's got the, the physical qualities to, to deal with that a little bit better, but he's still a young player, capable of switching off. We saw our Real Madrid... And obviously, I'm not comparing Leeds to Real Madrid in terms of the level of quality, but in terms of their approach, they might might look at that and see how easy it was to sort of, if you get pressure-free possession in the centre of the park, get your head up and pop a ball in behind and, and come back and, and Phillips don't necessarily drop to, to compensate for that. And, you know, even if they do drop, they can be beaten for pace, both of them. So it's, um, I think that's, that's going to be the real test for Liverpool. You do just hope that, you know, if it does descend into a mad... Uh, shootout that that Liverpool can can come out on top. Although the worries around the form of a couple of the forwards, it, it, that's not great going into it, I suppose. But um, yeah, it, it has all the sort of potential to be a to be a really exciting game. And I just you know you know for Liverpool, they just hope that you know if it does go a bit mad, that, that they're the ones who can come out on top. If that's the case. Just before we finish, then we'll pick our, our teams and, and go through that. And Gorsty, I'll, I'll come to you first on this one. I think Alisson will certainly be in goal, but in your defence, are you going to keep it the same as the defence that kept a clean sheet against Real Madrid? Or is there maybe a, a shout for, for someone like Costa Simicas to come into to one of these games? No, not for me. I think Liverpool have got to keep it as strong as possible now. And any thoughts of giving fringe players a little run out to see how they do, they've just got to shelve it. Um, it's been a long, hard season. Um, but the seven games left, and it's um, it's time to really dig deep and, and go for it. I think so. It's it's go back and Phillips again for me, and, and it's Trent and Robertson and, and obviously Allison. And Joe, any any changes to that for you, or, or are you sticking with that same defence as well? No, I think it has to be that. Like like Gorsi says, I think it's too big now for Liverpool to start trying to move things around in defence, um, and they've got they've got decent breaks now between games. So yeah, I think um, it's going to be that for. Yeah, it's it's interesting, isn't it, Lynch? You look at the fixtures now, and all season it's been once every two or three days for Liverpool. They seemingly have a game, but I think there's only the West Brom match between now and the end of the season that's midweek. The rest of them will have pretty much a week apart. I suppose it's it's good news for the first eleven. Probably not so good news for one or two of those ahead of this summer. Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain, you mentioned earlier, they're probably not going to get the opportunities that they might like. That's it. I think if if there was ever a week where say 
maybe Costa Simicasa was going to come in at left back. It was maybe for the Aston Villa game, wasn't it, in preparation for, you know, give Robertson a rest ahead of the Real Madrid game. The fact that that didn't happen suggests that we're probably not going to see him, probably not going to see Ben Davis. We're not going to see, you know, any of these sort of fringe players uh, very frequently at all between now and the end of the season. So I think, yeah, I think the team for this one and, and possibly for the, for the remainder of the season probably picks itself. What are you going to do in, in midfield, Gorsty? Is there a, a case for, for James Milner to play again, his former club, and obviously another game where Liverpool are going to need a load of intensity? Yeah, I, I, I think you're exactly right, Matt. That, for those reasons, that I would be starting Milner, particularly, as you mentioned, uh, just a, a bit more intensity because Liverpool are going to be going to be knee-deep in, in a fight, aren't they, with Leeds? I mean, every time I see Leeds, it's clearly an instruction from Bielsa. They, they don't give up anything. You know, there's no lost causes. They'll throw slide tackles in to concede a goal kick to the opposition team. They literally just throw throw the body in front of everything and and, um, and they obviously try and play and, and they, they, they've got plenty of pace and mobility, but they do, they do enjoy a little bit of a scuffle. So, Milner, for me... Um, is is a, a must almost, which which uh, is strange to say, but um, yeah, I'd, I'd have him in there, and then Fabinho, um, probably the with Salad is, is the first name on the sheet these days, isn't he? And then um, it's a case of who gets that third third midfield spot. Um, Curtis Jones obviously injured. Um, Oxley Chamberlain, he's only started three games all season, so it's um, probably why Alden leading the, the chase ahead of. Thiago and um, Keita, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely the same. You know, I think <laughs> Liverpool will want that physicality, uh, the pressure. It's funny with Milner because I think he reaches this point almost every season in the last few seasons where, you know, people start thinking maybe he's kind of over the hill probably isn't the right term, uh, phrase. But, you know, you think as he's starting to be on the, on the way in his Liverpool career and then he comes back and, and shows you how useful he is and the last few games he's done that and I'd have him in there again um, and I'd have Thiago in there you know despite everything I've just said about him before <laughs> I kind of think it might be the type of game where I just want to see the Thiago that we saw in that Everton game where he could exploit spaces in behind and try and play balls in behind for Liverpool and try and get you know when Liverpool do get the ball back I think there will be gaps for them to get into so I'd like to see him playing those forward passes. So I would have him ahead of Wijnaldum and then Fabinho. Um, but I think Klopp would probably go for Wijnaldum. I think, Joe, a few weeks ago, we'd probably be talking about Naby Keita potentially being good for this one. Very good when he's under pressure and that sort of thing. But you think back to him being hooked against Real Madrid, it, it sort of seems highly unlikely that he'd be brought back in for this. What do you think the, the future is for him? I mean, you'd assume that Klopp would want to, to put him back in the team at some point before the end of this season? Where are you putting them in, you know, and, and when? And, you know, at this stage, I'm sure we will see them again at some point before the end of the season. But at this stage, I just don't know how you return to the team. Um, I, I certainly wouldn't be putting them in anytime soon. It'd be really interesting to see what happens next because I think Klopp, he's, he's the type of player that Klopp has wanted to persevere with. You know, we've seen him drop him into games like he did in Madrid almost quite randomly at times. And I think he's someone that perhaps trains quite well and, and, and they, see th they see something in. But I wonder whether that was almost a step too far for career, whether, whether he can get that back after what just bad in Madrid in terms of the way he was pulled off. I'm really not sure. You know, I, I think 
something big needs to happen for him um, between now and the end of the season. And I just don't really see where he gets the game time. Um, so it's a tricky one, but I certainly wouldn't be putting him in this because I think it's going to be high intensity. And the one thing that we've seen with Keita, I think, is he just goes missing too often. I think perhaps he's quite good on the ball, but he's just too too often on the periphery of games. And you want to see someone in this game who's going to be more involved, who's going to put themselves about a bit, and that's James Milner. Lynch, is that the, the same for you? Are you sticking with James Milner again? It, it sort of seems strange when you think back to, to all the options that Liverpool have got. We, we seem to be picking James Milner in our teams. Um, to be honest, I, I don't know about this one. I, I think I think Fabinho obviously is, is definitely definitely started. Absolutely no doubt about his place. I think Wijnaldum is in similar territory, even though you know his performances haven't been quite as impressive this this part of the year. Certainly. Um, you know, I think he's, there's been a slight drop off, but he's been asked to do an awful lot this season. But I think he'll he'll be on there again because every time he's available, Jurgen Klopp picks him starting midfield. So I think I think the position and the decision is maybe between Thiago and Milner. I think a lot of his thinking maybe around the Real Madrid game, and this is how I see it, is that he didn't want to get in a battle of trying to control the game against uh, Cruz and Modric because they are so much better at it than anyone else. So he didn't. He didn't go with Thiago. Or this is what I think, anyway. He didn't go with Thiago because he didn't want to, you know, try and engage in that type of midfield battle, knowing that Liverpool would lose it. Whereas against Leeds, I think because they've got a similar pressing style and they want to put pressure on the ball all the time, he'll go the other way and think, okay, this is not maybe a game for Milner, who is, you know, the player you want to press and, and get stuck in. He'll go for Thiago to try and say, okay, well, we can be the team that controls in this game, and maybe. Maybe Thiago is the one who can offer that because of his quality in possession. So, I, my thinking is that possibly he'll, he'll go with that Thiago, Wijnaldum, Fabinho midfield and try and sort of, you know, it's got a nice little mix, hasn't it? We've seen it's played well before that midfield as well. And I think also he might not want to ask too much of Milner because I think you know, he's done that before and, and given him a hamstring injury by playing him too frequently. So, I think he might, he might just pull him out for this one and think he'd be a really, really handy sub off the bench and, and give Thiago his game. Yeah, lots of, of things to, to ponder for Jurgen Klopp. And the same can be said in the forward line as well, Gorsty, in terms of which three of four, presumably, that you're gonna that you'll uh, you'll pick for, for this one. Is it is it a case of, of Mane or Jota, really? Would you, you have Salah certainly in there and, and probably Firmino as well? I'm not sure whether I would have Firmino actually. I think Jota might be, be the one for this one. I think in Madrid, we can say it with hindsight now, but perhaps going with Firmino over Jota would have been the call, so just to help it stick a little bit better up top because Liverpool just kept losing it and they kept coming back. Um, but um, Jota at the moment is undoubtedly a, a bigger goal threat, isn't he? He scored twice as many actually as, as Firmino this season. So um, yeah, for me, it's uh, Mane, Salah and, and Jota. I'm going to go with Firmino, Jota on the left, Salah on the right. Joe, what about you? What do you think? I think I'm going to go with Gorsty and go with Jota uh, instead of Firmino for, for very much the same reasons. You know, again, I thought Firmino would have been the right choice in Madrid because he would have kept the ball a bit better. Um, and I find Jota, I don't actually like him from the start as much. I, I much prefer him coming on as a substitute because he's just got an incredible knack of finding little gaps, perhaps when defenders are tired and or perhaps when Liverpool have really put pressure on the team and it's not quite happened. He, he seems to come in and find those those gaps. But I think in a game like this, where it will be quite end-to-end, he's always looking to go go forward, isn't he, Jota? He's always looking to turn with the ball and find space. So I think that could, could work well if Liverpool can win it back in transitions and move quickly and get it forward. 
it could work well for Liverpool. So, yeah, um, I would probably go for Jota on this occasion. And Lynchy, just to, to finish us off, which way are you going to go? Is it a straight choice for you as well between those two? Yeah, I think I, I think I would probably agree with you and, and go with Jota over Mane. I, I was su- sort of surprised, to be honest, to see Mane starting against Real Madrid. No, he, he started well in that game, um, sort of fell away, and his, his confidence just isn't there. I think I think the, the decision there is between Jota and Mane. I think Jota, even though didn't have a great performance as a sub against Real Madrid, which is rare for him. He's usually absolutely brilliant off the bench, isn't he? Um, I, I think he's maybe earned, earned his spot over Mane. And I think Firmino... You probably need, even though it's not been perfect this season, you need his decision-making in, in the final third in terms of when to give and, and, and to drop off and create space for others uh, to make Jota and Salah as dangerous as they can be. And I also think his, his pressing and, and, and running about will, will sort of help against Leeds because they are very sort of physical. So I think, yeah, that's the, that's the pick for me is Jota on the left and then Salah and Firmino, the rest of the front three. Yeah, I think Firmino could be quite useful just to to drop into Leeds' number six, Calvin Phillips, obviously not the same quality as, as Tony Kroos or anything like that, but a similar sort of game plan, I think, for me. We'll, uh, we'll just go through and, and give our, our score predictions before we finish. I think there'll be plenty of goals. Liverpool, hopefully, a lot more clinical than they were midweek, Gorsley. I'm going to go for 3-1 to Liverpool. What do you think? Um, it's going to be tough. Definitely, it's um, and as you say, I think there will be goals. That there usually is when Leeds are involved. So three two, I'll go with Liverpool. Joe, I think I'm going to go for two all. I think you know of the games that Liverpool might drop points. This might be one of them, uh, and I think it would be a good point. You know, I think you know you, obviously Liverpool are desperate to win games, but you know not losing, I think away at Leeds would be decent because then you go into a Newcastle game that you, you quite fancy Liverpool in. Um, you know, coming up with decent games. So, 2-2. Uh, I think there will be goals. I think it will be tough. A rare draw for Leeds then, Lynchy. What do you think? Yeah, no, I, I like 3-1 as well as the scoreline. I, I'm not backing Liverpool to keep a clean sheet up against Leeds because I know they, they will just throw men forward in, until they do get a goal. But I think I think there'll be opportunities for Liverpool to, to score themselves and I think they'll get a few. Yeah, certainly. It should be a very, very good game of football on Monday night. That just about brings us to the end of today's podcast, though. We'll be back with the next Blood Red podcast a day later than usual. That will be on Tuesday afternoon, looking back, of course, on Monday night's game at Leeds. But plenty of content before then, of course, in all of the usual places. For now, though, from myself, Matt Addison, from Paul Gorst, Joe Rimmer and David Lynch. Until next time here on the Blood Red channel, thank you for watching and listening. and Goodbye for now. You've been listening to the Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo.